Welcome to the Herald Express Talker United Yellow Army podcast, brought to you weekly by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes. We'll be talking about everything that you ever wanted to know about Talker United. Uh, you can find us in the Talker United channel on the Devon Live website, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Welcome to another Yellow Army podcast. We're in the painting studio this week. The painting studio, uh, Studio A or B is this? Studio, I don't know, Studio Z, I think. Uh, I think I think the, the main painting studio is, is a bit cramped at the moment, isn't it? It is, just a little bit. There's a, there's a bit of um, a bit of home improvements going on, which we'll talk about. Strangely enough, it has a Talker United connection. Does it? Okay. But, um, so we're here. Uh, it's nice to be face-to-face again. We've done... Yeah. Uh, you, you, you're a little, I'm a little better. You're a little better than we were last week. Yeah. Um, I actually missed the game on Saturday through my bad back um, yeah. I, I would have struggled to to get into the into position first of all but actually no it was, it was quite bad at the weekend and I was struggling to walk so I listened to uh, Radio Devon and uh, David Thomas giving a given his views on the game and um, yeah it, it was it was it was a good listen it is a bit like getting in and out of a Formula One cockpit, isn't it? Getting into that press box, especially if you if you're not the first to arrive. Guy, I'm only fifty. I don't know what's happened to me. <laughs> I know. It'll catch up with you, mate. It will. I've had have, have my booster this morning. I've been out and done that, so at least I'm, I'm, you know, able to get out and about today. Good stuff. Well, I've been out to Seal Hayne this morning. You have, have a chat with Gary Johnson. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very in, very informative chat with Gary as ever. Talked a lot about the Dover game. Looked ahead to the Barnet uh, and Aldershot games, mm-hmm. and also some very interesting thoughts on Armani Little. And very interesting. I, you you went over and recorded it, and I, I I listened to it just now before I got here. So it's, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. Because I mean, as anybody who was at Playmore who or who was listening to the game on the radio will know, um, a very small but noisy section of fans gave Armani Little some stick. Well, it was it listening to the radio. It was loud enough to hear quite yeah. quite. You know, easily on the radio, so it must have been pretty, pretty uh, loud. Well, so we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Gary Johnson does um, give his thoughts on it in the chat that you're about to hear. Yeah. Uh, and we'll have a chat about that afterwards. I think you, you both start talking about a player before eventually the name Armani Little is used. Well, I, I didn't know if he would want to concentrate on a particular player or whether he would draw on, you know, his decades in football management. Indeed. But. And I, I think also he... he he said, didn't he, that he didn't want to make a big thing of it before going on and making a big <laughs> thing of it. I mean, he admitted that. So yeah. uh, it's one of those, one of those interesting ones. So let's have a listen to what Gary had to say this morning. And uh, we'll be back, as ever, on the other side of Gary Johnson. Gaffer, there's no doubt that Saturday's result was hugely significant. Was it one of those days where the three points was just the most important thing? Yeah, I mean, it's not... You don't say to the lads in the dressing room, the result is the most important, so... Don't worry about playing well, just win the game. You know, you can't say that. So you're trying to get your game plan, put it on the opposition and, and win the game that way, um, more so. Um, it was important. It was absolutely important. So that if if you're not absolutely on song, then obviously the result is, is very good because, you, you know, you've, you've got through it. Now, parts of our game were decent. Um, but then we're at the level where you know some some people are a little bit inconsistent, not just from week to week, but um, during games, sort of thing. You know, don't find every pass, and I mean they don't in the Premiership either. You know, goalkeepers make mistakes, and you know it's all the same things. It's all relative, 
uh, too early, but they're more consistent, which is why they earn the millions of pounds a week. Um, so, but it was an important win for us because we wanted to, we needed to sort out our home form, didn't we? You know, like from the start of the season, we had a Altrincham, Woking, Grimsby, you know, we, we, we caught three teams that were, came here, played a game. I think we had two red cards in them, them games as well. And then earlier, like even like the away game, when it was a penalty that we should have had, um, which has been confirmed, we should have had um, at Solio. So that was so there was a, a few little bits and pieces that didn't go well for us. Um, but we've since won our four last four home games, and uh, scored nine, and only let in one. This is our home game. So we, we seem to have turned our home form around a little bit, which was really important to us. And that meant that we had to be a little bit less expensive, trying to play, you know, like Barcelona. Um, and we had to be aware of other teams' strengths. So we, we, you know, we've had to work a lot on that and that's helped us at home. Now we need to go away and, and try and find that same sort of form away from home and get a run of away results. Um, and as we said, nothing's easy in this league. You know, we come in into Barnet and maybe people thought that against Dover, you know, you, you can win 5-0. Well, um, you know, they, they've had a couple of half-decent results. Everyone, whether they're bottom or the top, is going to have decent results if they're at the bottom. Some are going to have unlucky results if they're, if they're at the top. I mean... Barnet beat Stockport, and you look, you watch Stock. If anyone watched Stockport last night, you can see they've got three first teams, <laughs> um, and and obviously they're being a first division side quite comfortably, actually, even though they were down a couple of times. So um, you know, nothing's easy, and you have to work very hard to get what you what you want. And uh, the boys are, uh, are trying very hard to for us to get a little bit of consistency, which I think we have got at the moment. As we said, our last eight games, you know, we've, I think we're sixth in the current form table of the last eight games. So those sort of things are always nice to look at um, because we, we, we need to start climbing that league. You touched upon it then, Gaffer, that this uh, recent upturn in form, uh, four wins, two draws, two defeats, has been built on that very strong home form. But one of the consistent things, home and away, have been these late goals. I mean, no, we don't want to talk, sound like a broken record, um, but it is, it's very unusual for one team to go through a season like we did last season, get a lot of late goals and then replicate it the following season. It is a really good tool to have in your armoury, isn't it? It is. Um, sometimes it's not quite there when you want it to be there, but when it is there, um, and at that, everybody can be happy that, that, that we know that we've got a group of lads that actually put in a big effort towards the end of games if we need a goal. Now, people are going to say, well, you know, why don't you do that in the first minute? And sometimes you have to hold your hand up and say, yeah, I agree, sort of thing. Um, but um, we've we got a group of lads that, that we can trust to, to give their all. And, and we haven't got any selfish ones in the team. And as you can see by the celebrations on, on the pitch when we score a goal, how close the lads are and how much they do want to do well. Um, so 
it's important for people to know that because we'll move out pretty quick anyone that's not in our mentality or showing any sort of uh, um, you know we were just talking there about some players in our, in our league that pick and choose when when they gonna perform um, and when they've got the energy to perform or they wake up one morning and go right I'm gonna really give it a go to that and another day they go oh, I need a bit of a break I'll just have a little stroll up we haven't got any of that um, so that's why you can score late goals and although you know people say sometimes that we, we're getting a few injuries I think that's because they're working very hard the boys uh, not only in training but in games and that's what you got to do to to get a percentage get your percentage of wins up that's what you got to do you got to push everybody to to their to their limits to um, bring a game out of them and uh, that's when you get the the last the late goals because we're still trying to um, win the game. On any fixture list in any given season, things will there'll always be positives, there'll always be negatives. Um, it's been this season to be this season that we've played a lot of the top sides early on. And for the second time this season we've been facing two away games back to back. It is an added challenge, isn't it, Gaffer? That is an added challenge because the distance we have to travel. Some other teams have got that as well. Um, and whether you go on the day or overnight, it doesn't seem to be a pattern, you know, of if you have a rest overnight, is it better than if you go on the day, depending on how uh, uh, quick it is. But, um, yeah, we do, it's not, you know, we, we, we choose if it's under four hours, I think, that we tend to go on the day. If it's over four hours, then we'll, um, we'll stay over. Um, and we discuss it with... Uh, George and me down here and we say that this is best for us for this particular game um, and when you've got two away games obviously then that's a lot of time on the road especially they sort of give you two two away games just around about three four hours away do you know what I mean then you toss in a coin as to whether you stay over or whether you go on the day so um, <clears throat> but we mustn't make that you know, an early excuse, if you like. Um, we've got to go to these away games and believe that we can pick up a couple of results. And if you pick up six points in three days, then you're well happy that you've had uh, two games that you could pick up six points very quickly. How do you assess our opponents on Saturday, uh, Barnet Gaffer? Because they've had some impressive results, uh, but been a little bit inconsistent. Yeah, well, I've had a couple of managers, uh, both of which um, have played differently. Um, the uh, you know the manager that left was playing, was trying to you know play a lot more football around the back and you know, drag teams in. And Barnett's new manager, who uh, was manager previous, uh, and you know he he seems to have done a very good job in rallying the troops that's what he's done I mean they I think up until the Wildstone game last week where to be honest with you I thought Barnett just shaded it but although they lost the game they'd beaten Stockport was it uh, the, the week before that Downsies that's right isn't it? They, uh, Barnett beat Stockport yeah um, that was away wasn't it that was at Stockport um, and then they won three games before that so uh, Dean Brennan's definitely 
got them going. He's got them playing a different type of style. Um, and it's more up and at them, if you like. And uh, he's, when teams play the percentages, that can come off. So we've got to be aware of them. But if you ask me that question, you know, I can answer that question now for the rest of the games. I'll, I'll say they've got strengths and weaknesses. And, uh, you know, we have to, when we do our review for the players of the, in the next game, we, we, we have, um, you know, wh where we think we can hurt them, um, but where we need to be aware of what they've got as well. So we, we work quite hard on that. Louis, Downsy, um, you know, do a great job as far as all that's concerned. Now obviously, there's different players on both sides. Going back to to previously, there's different managers where we speak to Barnet. Um, and although you can't read too much into that, um, two impressive results at Barnet in the last two seasons—a draw followed by a win last season—it must give some sort of lift to the players going to a place where they've got results before, rather than somewhere that they've got a bit of a hoodoo. Or is it? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, because I'm, as a manager, I'm not going back there thinking we won last year, you know, we beat him a couple of times, beat ones, true ones, whatever it was. Um, we can do that again because so many things are, are different, you know, and new, they get different players and different management and different uh, thoughts, if you like. Um, and the same about, as us, you know, we got a lot of lads in our squad that wouldn't have been involved in that game, so wouldn't have a clue what happened on that day. Um, obviously, we all remember Armani's, Armani's great goal. Uh, that was, I don't know if it was goal of the season, but uh, it, it must have been very, very close. And uh, one of them will be, be handy, but they don't come along every day. Excuse me. I'm not being rude. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, the strengths and weaknesses are uh, important to us. And, and But the lads that haven't been there before won't have that. This would be new to them. So to answer the question, no, we, we don't think of last year when we're going into this year. And finally, Gaffer, uh, Sinclair Armstrong has been performing so well for the Republic of Ireland under-19s the last couple of games. It'd be a great boost to have him back in the reckoning for Saturday. Absolutely, um, he did. He's done well, um, very well, and you know we're seeing him for the first time since he's, he came back yesterday, and we got him up to Torquay last night, and um, yeah, he says he's, he says he's fine, which is great, and I said think I think they they won all three, didn't they? No, they won two. They won two, drew one. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so good on him. You know, he, he'll be buzzing from that. And uh, it's good to, very good to have him back and have that option of what he gives us. Supporters that I've spoken to since Saturday have all wanted me to ask you the same question about the, the reaction that one player got towards the end of the game. There were boos towards a, a key member of the squad towards the game. Just wonder, how do you manage that? Do you, do you talk to the player? Does the player talk to you? Or is it just one of those things that happens? Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> the particular player in mind uh, that you're talking about, I, I rang that night because we can ill afford somebody of his ability um, to be down in the dumps. And uh, I had a chat with him, you know, I've been around a long time, so that's happened to me on yeah. many occasions. Uh, but it soon turns around, so long as you don't and the club doesn't, and the player doesn't, the manager doesn't, make a big thing of it. 
because spectators you know, pay their money. I'd rather them boo at the end of the game, especially in hindsight. We ended up winning the, well, that yeah. particular player, won us the game. Um, because at, at you know, our levels, at all levels, everybody's not going to always play the right pass at the right time. They're not always going to find the pass. They're not always going to have a great shot. You know what I mean? There's, there's things, and I know this was, has been a little bit of a build-up because of the sort of social media side of it, and some yeah. people like some players and some people don't like some players. And then some players that don't like players want to be proved right, <laughs> if you understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they're almost, you know, we've got to be careful that we don't become negative on our better players when you know, particular players scored seven and and had six yeah. assists yeah. or something, yeah. you know what I mean? And um, and I read somewhere that they said he wasn't a good captain. He is. If you ask the other lads, you know, lads wouldn't accept a captain or a vice captain because he's vice captain of the club he faces playing. He's just a captain, but um, because he helps them and talks to them and so on and so forth. So it's important that the squad feel that the person who's been picked as captain accepts that and understands it and agrees with it. Yeah. And you know, and that listen, the one thing Armani we're talking about, the one thing that he he does do, when he makes a mistake, he doesn't hide. He never ever hides. Mm -hmm. And that's why we got the winning goal because he could have just stood there a minute after the, the booing. But I sort of understand, you know, people at the time didn't feel that that particular player was man of the match. Mm -hmm. All right, other people might have done, and I've seen, seen a lot of positives about it. Yeah. So we can turn that into a positive that'll help the player, it'll help the frame of mind of some of the supporters. Um, and I'm sure some are probably a bit disappointed that they did boo, but it was sort of like the timing of it all. I think it's, it just gives something away, and we're nip one all, everybody expects you to win 5 0, and, and then suddenly a man of the match award comes up. Which some people felt he should be because yeah. two goals, you know, wins you the game. But uh, I've probably made too much bigger thing of it now because you've asked the question. But I, I just think we've all got to be together. And once you get a, a togetherness with on and off the field and, and trust what I'm doing, I mean, I'm not making somebody captain for any other reason. And I think he can do the job and it helped him mm. as well. Um, because you haven't got people like Acer in the team. Danny Wright in the team, Connor wasn't in the team. You, do you know what I mean? So that captain's taking on quite a lot of responsibility because he's uh, got a lot of new young players around him, and he and he coaches for that. So that's uh, you know hopefully that will it will turn into a positive yeah. rather than carry on as a as a negative. I've got I've got faith in our supporters. So. Lovely morning out there at uh, Sealhaven this morning, and Gary in um, you know in quite reflective mood to be honest, talking about Armani there. Yeah, yeah, interesting stuff, really. As we said before, we went over to Gary. I started off asking in general about any player that he's managed, but uh, obviously Gary was happy to a, a ringing endorsement of his skipper because mm. um, Armani is obviously wearing the armband in the absence of Asa Hall and Danny Wright at the moment through injury. I, I guess we should explain for those who don't necessarily know what happened. Yeah, I mean, the Dover game, again, we'll come to in a bit. Torquay were not great. 
against no. Dover. It wasn't. It was a horrible game to watch. Let's be honest. It was winning ugly. Torquay got the three points. We've all forgotten how bad the game was now. And you look at the results, and Torquay won it two one. Three points moved up to fourteenth place. Yeah. Job done. Yeah. Um, but you know th- it wasn't a great performance some of the fans were getting a little bit restless um, Armani Little who has been consistently one of the best players in the team for seasons now was getting a little bit of stick and then our friend George Holman um, of O'Neill and Holman decorators who's actually been doing a bit of work right here you, you were just saying that he might have been <laughs> listening to us discuss this might had he not uh, blown you out for another job today <laughs> lots of you will know George even more of you will know his dad Mark from Running Circles I know George from uh, from Running um, and they were asked to select their man of the match because they were match sponsors uh, last Saturday and they selected Armani Little because he'd scored that goal in the first half yeah um, which had levelled the score. have you spoken to George about this I have spoken okay. to George about right. this yeah um, and you know he was he was quite clear in his own mind that Armani was his choice He's the match sponsor. He gets to choose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and there are always times when, in fact, funnily enough, we were joking about this on Friday before the game. I said to him, you better get your match man of the match choice right, <laughs> otherwise you'll get a stick from the popular side. Because it does happen. You choose a player and everybody goes, oh, well, I, I, what about so-and-so? What about so-and-so? Um, but the choice of Armani Little was greeted by, as I say, a small but noisy section over on the pop side with booze, yeah. which clearly got to Armani Little. Yeah. Um, and then moments later, I can't quite recall how long later, but moments later... It wasn't that far later, no. He comes up with the goal that wins the game, and his reaction to the pop side, as you can see on the video, he's not happy. And you wouldn't be happy. No. Um, you know, you wouldn't go into Sainsbury's and go up to somebody on the checkout and boo them and say, you're not fit to scan my shopping. Oh, I have. Have you done that? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Although I might do now. <laughs> but, you know, the, the whole football thing is a very strange thing where fans pay their money, they go in, but there is, you, you're entitled to complain. We all complain, but there are ways and means of doing it. Yeah. And I don't think booing your own players is ever acceptable. I mean, for someone who was listening to it on the radio, I didn't really have a fair um, idea of uh, of how individual players were playing because no. obviously the radio commentary is great, but um, you know you're not you're not watching it in front of you. And so when it happened, I was quite surprised. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't really apart from performances that have been below par. And there's been a boo at the at the at the final whistle, yeah. which we, we we've heard a few times in the past. I don't remember a player individually being booed. No. Now I also think, and I, I think Gary alludes to this as well. And he said, didn't he, that he rang. Yeah, Armani they spoke after and the game. spoke yeah. to him. Yeah. He he didn't want him so peed off with the situation that he was going to lose a, 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 a you know, an integral member of his squad. Quite, exactly. And just just building on from that, as somebody said to me last night, you know, you've got got a transfer window coming up. Armani Little is a player who attracts attention from other clubs. And if he feels like nobody wants him at Playmore, you know, he's he's maybe going to listen to that. But it won't come to that. It can't come to that. My, my, um, and this will please your, your painter and decorator, my thought is that they weren't booing Armani Little, mm. they were booing the sponsor's choice. Do you reckon? They were booing the fact that um, 
the sponsor had chosen a player that they didn't think deserved it. That doesn't mean that they are booing the player. You may be right. You do, may well do you know what right. I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. And you In know, a roundabout way with saying it. Because Armani... So sorry, George. <laughs> Armani hadn't had a great game on Saturday, but neither had ten of the others. No, I, I don't... I mean, again, I wasn't there, so I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't choose a man of the match. But from... From from what you say and from what the radio, there wasn't there wasn't much choice. No, <laughs> there wasn't. But the great positive, I think, and Gary alluded to it as well when we chatted to him, is that despite not exactly ticking the boxes as being the Brazil of the West Country, yeah, um, they they stuck together. The players stuck together as a team. They came through with the three points plus one and up two places in the league. Yeah, and what valuable three points it it, it was. Um, Gary did say after the game, didn't he say? Dover won't lose every game this season. No. Um, they they will turn it around at some point. They will pick up some points, and you're not going to beat every Dover five 0 every no. week. No, you exactly. Know, it's and not always going to be the case. And uh, Dover, I mean, Dover made it hard. Dover were poor. Dover are not going to get out of that bottom three or four this season. No, but as you say, they well, they, they, they can't. I mean, it, it would it would be a miracle of miracles, wouldn't it? Absolutely. I, I mean, the nine points behind. Uh, they're nine points minus nine points now. Now yeah, they started um, twelve you know, points. Yeah, but I mean, they, they made it difficult for Torquay. They, the game management was. I mean, Andy Hessenthaler, as we said on last week's podcast, mm. is a good manager. He knows his stuff, and they were disciplined. Their game management, which is the modern fashionable way of describing time wasting, was exemplary. Um, you know, right from of course they scored very early, early on. They, they were they were wasting a bit of time, weren't they? From that moment onwards, they were doing all the dead balls in slow motion. Uh, but um, they're not the only team that can do it. No, sure. and we've done it this You're, season. What you won't have seen, and you probably didn't hear it on the radio, was a magnificent piece of. Um, well, there is a there's a word for it that they use on social media that I can't use on the podcast, but it's gamesmanship by Sean McDonald. Talkie were leading two one. The game's running down. We're in injury time. Because what's six we're minutes all... left? I mean, oh, I mean, um, so long. Armani Little scored basically as extra time was yeah. was added on. So yeah, it was quite quite a, a while to play out still. And it was all getting a bit bad tempered. There was a bit of a scuffle over in front of the pop side. Loads of players go piling in. A little bit of pushing and shoving. Where's the ball? Sean McDonald's got it down at the far end, and it mysteriously is rolling towards the um, the scoreboard where there isn't anybody in sight. So somehow the ball has been taken out of play. Game management—that's what yeah, it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it feels better. A few days onwards, it feels like okay, job done. Let's get on with it. Let's, let's get on with another couple of let's games. Let's move on to Barnet. Yeah, yeah. Barnet. Barnet. You can't. I mean, there have been so many games. Um, you know where, where there have been loads of goals 11 times and 35 times we've played them 11 times there have been 4 goals or more is that right in that game I Frankly. spent a bit of time on soccer base this morning yeah like sounds like it um, of course the 3-2 in May 2001 is the game we all remember of course we and do and we always talk about it whenever we play Barnet they don't play Underhill anymore do they the, the Hive. Hive the Hive where there will be a lot of Torquay fans on Saturday um, some London based fans will be going it's going to be a great atmosphere there Barnet, as Gary was saying Barnet keep coming up with some unexpected results yeah he, he mentioned didn't he that, that there's been a managerial change and it's gone back to basics a bit whereas the former manager was trying to play a bit of a bit of uh, pretty football yeah um, it sounds like they've gone back to basics they've gone more direct 
their manager was there before, so he, he knows how that worked before. And it sounds like they are a, a more than capable side when you look at where they are in the division. Uh, yeah. I think things have changed. So that's, that's a word of warning. It's going to be a tough game. All these teams, you know, there, there aren't any... Well, as we discovered on Saturday, there are no pushovers in this league at all. There's no easy game in the Kerno <laughs> South Hockey League. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but it, uh, it's going to be a tough game up at Barnet. But Gary, I mean, they're training out there this morning. Sinclair Armstrong is back. Yes, that is, that is duty. a big thing. I mean, he's only 18. It's a lot of responsibility to put on the lad. But it, it is. It lifts the spirits. No one booed his man at the match award, did they? No, they didn't. <laughs> no, that's true. But then again, that was a game where he was the clear-cut <laughs> exactly. star of the game. Exactly. Uh, who you give a man of the match award to, sometimes absolutely clear. Yeah. Other times, it's... Mm, crikey. Yeah. You know. There have been some mavericks as well, haven't they? I remember a man of the match being given to the entire opposing team. Do you? Which I don't remember that. Well. Yeah, no. Um, and we've had a man of the match given to the Torquay defence and things like that, where a sponsor has mm. just um, abdicated responsibility yeah. a little bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm going to stick up for George for picking a man of the match against the odds on uh, on Saturday, and not only because it'll be interesting to see uh, <laughs> the next home game who the who the man of the match is and what kind of re- reaction it gets. Halifax, isn't it? Yeah. On Saturday week, which will be a cracking game as well. Absolutely. Uh, and we've got Billy got, Walters, of course, is scoring yeah. goals for fun for them. Isn't he just? Uh, so Barnet on Saturday expect goals. Expect Torquay to win three two. Yeah, be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, hat trick for Sinclair Armstrong. Uh, yeah, uh, Kevin Hill, David Graham, and and uh, Jason Reese. Jason Reese in the yeah, and then went off injured, didn't he? He did. Uh, and then of course it's your favourite team next Tuesday. Torquay away at Aldershot. Ray. Yeah. You love Aldershot. I, I, for some reason, I, I don't. <laughs> um, I don't know why. It's just one of those weird things, isn't it? You you do take an ex- exception to bizarre teams for some reason. I, I can't place it. But um, I just don't like Aldershot. Well, well, their media team, uh, yeah. when I phoned them oh, they last were, season... They were quite unhelpful. They, they were quite yeah, unhelpful. They, yeah. So so that, that kind of hardened <laughs> my, my stance... I mean, it's a lovely ground. They play on a carpet there, don't they? Because yeah. Chelsea... I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Women's team or reserve. Somebody plays there yeah. anyway. It's a lovely, lovely pitch. Um, and it's, it's a cracking pub just around the corner called the Crimea, if you're going up there. Um, Crimea is the recommended watering hole. Does it have shop. Russian owners? I don't think it does. Uh, I think it's part of the... It's the military town, isn't it, Aldershot? Of course, that I think be it's something it. yeah, to do yeah, with yeah, the Crimean yeah. campaign. Yeah. Um, but yeah, great place to go and watch your football. Worth a road trip on a Tuesday night if you've got the time up to all the. My shop. friend Michael, who works in London a lot during the week, is uh, considering popping down. I think so. Very wise. Talk actually, what um, social media reveals the fact that Talkie did play a friendly yesterday or the day before they played at Bristol City. Yeah, lost two one up at Bristol City. Um, by all accounts, played really well. A lot of encouragement um, mm-hmm. from that. It's kind of behind the closed doors friendly. Uh, nobody's saying very much about it. It appears that Seku Jane got one of Bristol City's goals, <laughs> which is nice. We don't mind him we scoring in a friendly him. against we us. Don't mind him. Um, We're at the FA Cup. We're not going to meet them. No, that's true. I wonder if he's still in the market for a loan, Seku. He's not getting in up there, is he? He, he was be. on the bench a lot, I noticed, and and he has he has got some game time in the first team, but not not as much as you would think he he should. 
Would you um, like? Would you like to match I'd, up Sinclair Armstrong? I'd have and him back Jenny? in a flash, guy. Yeah. I would. I, I thought he was a great player. Um, we've we've seen a lot of players come to Torquay on loan, and um, when they go back to their clubs and play at the Championship level or whatever, sometimes it's just a bit too much of a step mm. up. But at our level, those players are dynamite. Yeah. Oh. Terrific. I mean, when Seku came back a second time, it wasn't as good. It didn't work quite so well. But he was only here for a very short time that second time. I'd, I'd have him back in a flash. Absolutely. And I'd love to see him up up front alongside Sinclair Armstrong. Indeed. Very different players. Yeah. Um, that would be a proper smash and grab, wouldn't it? It would. Those two up there. But that's pie in the sky. Nobody's suggesting that he's coming back. Another lone player of ours, ex-lone player, who's doing rather well at the moment, Reese Healy. So what's happened in the... Because he moved to France, didn't he? He's at Toulouse. He's their top scorer again. He was top scorer for them last season. He's top scorer again so far this season. He's causing a bit of a stir in the French second division at the moment. Toulouse are putting together a bit of a promotion push. Is is the French second division a third tier? No, this is the second tier. It's actually the second second tier. Um, uh, Is it called Ligue 2? I think it's Ligue 1 and Ligue 2. But... I mean, Reese is doing... There's a fabulous piece on the Daily Mirror website. We can say that because we're part of the same company. We are, yeah. We are. Um, about Reese and his life in France. It doesn't mention Torquay United, strangely enough, but he did get out on loan quite a bit while he was at Cardiff. Uh, we liked him a lot, didn't we? Yeah, uh, scored a hat-trick for us, didn't he? He did. Good player. We had it at the same time as Elliot Romain. Yeah, he was another good player. Yeah. Who... Uh, these players who come and impress on loan then go back and do nothing. It's weird, isn't it? It's strange. Yeah. Very, very strange. Sam Shering's not getting in at um, Accrington, is no, he? No, that's weird. That's Which weird. Very odd. And but we've taken Harry Parrott from them, so that's, that's very odd, isn't it? He had a decent game. Sam yeah, no, he did. Well, did, from what I heard, again, yeah. I can't claim to have seen it, but um, yeah, no. You couldn't, just getting back to Saturday, because it keeps coming back to haunt me, there wasn't a game where you could actually point the finger at anybody and say... They weren't very. They didn't play well. Mm. It's just nobody really raised themselves above the average. No, indeed, indeed. Um, I, you know, you couldn't point a finger at somebody and say, "Well, you were dreadful," because nobody was dreadful. It was just a game that it just didn't click. It didn't gel at all. I've been stared at intently by by Ernie, who's oh, <laughs> been Russell. brilliant and very quiet. You will be if the postman comes around the corner. We'll know it. Oh, hell, <laughs> but uh, so far so good. Another former Torquay loan player doing rather well again at the moment. We've got to mention Kiefer Moore, haven't oh, we? Oh, yes, yeah. Did he score for anyone in particular this week, guy? He did. Well, he, he got he got the, the Kiefer Moore hat-trick, which was a goal, a booking and a head injury. Yeah, which is, which is basically what happens when he plays. what happens when he yeah. plays for Wales. He got all three of those. Uh, Wales drew one each with Belgium the other night. It was a great game, really great game. Um, they threw everything into it. Kiefer was the star up front for them. Uh, it's great to see him. Great to see him yeah. playing. I mean, Cardiff aren't doing brilliantly this season. No, they? and he's not having the greatest season for Cardiff, I don't no. think, uh, in in respect of his previous season with them. But for Wales, he seems to be doing it. Always, always. Always delivers for Wales. Leads the line. Does it with a smile on his face. But every time I've seen him play for Wales, he's got at least two of those three, a booking, a head injury yeah. or a goal. Well, of course, we, I mean... We see it every time he plays. He he jumps with his arms. He does. Um, and what do you do? Do you ask a player of that height to to not jump with their arms? Well, there, there was no. one game where they they actually 
I think he picked up a yellow card already, and they asked, you know, the the, the manager said, "Don't jump with your arms anymore." So he was yeah. he was jumping like a salmon, if you know what I mean, <laughs> arms down by his side during that game. You can't I think do that was that, during the Europe yeah. Euro Championships. Yeah. Because he's going to end, he, I mean, he was suspended. He, he missed the game against Belarus at the weekend, came back in for Belgium, picked up another booking. Um, it's, that's just the way he plays the game, isn't it? I don't think it's his fault that he's so tall that his arms no. are at the height of everyone else. And there was a, a, a clash of heads with a defender that kind of left them both on the ground. Which, yeah. Anyway, great to see, great to see performance. Painton Boy, um, of course. Painton Paint boy, boy, of course. A couple of other things I scribbled down before we leave you. Great to see Talker United's community uh, involvement getting greater and greater at the moment. It's, um, it, it seems to be almost every home get match yeah. at the moment that, that are coming up with another idea. Well, I mean, there's been quite a lot of pressure on them in the last few weeks to, to get themselves involved in this Her Game 2. Notably from Nick Broderick and the Herald Express, his column has been advocating Talkie get behind that. Uh, Absolutely. Very much so. So, and it's uh, an initiative. Well done, Nick. Yeah, it's an initiative to encourage female supporters to make the, make sure that they feel valued, and that they're part of of, of the match day and experience. Yeah, yeah. And, <coughs> well, I think we'll just pause for a moment. Then. It's going to pause. Okay, sorry about that. Somebody at the door and the dog's doing the job that we pay him the big uh, big bonios for. Absolutely. So very, very, very protective. <laughs> yeah. So we're back in again. Yeah, we were talking about her game too. Yeah. Um, and Chalky's community initiatives. A thousand tickets for female supporters. Brilliant. For the Halifax game Brilliant. on the twenty seventh. Uh, the details of how to get your hands on a ticket are on the official Chalky website. Yeah. Uh, and this, I mean, everything's everything off the pitch is ticking all the boxes at the moment, isn't it, for Chalky? Yeah, absolutely. They're doing very well uh, the, with this kind of stuff. The, having the the away end filled with the NHS. Supporters and, and, on Saturday was great. You know, you can look at it in one way. You can go, well, well, they're boosting the gates by giving away a thousand free yeah. tickets each home game, which is fair enough. However, you know, there will be a lot of those people who would have come anyway. I'm not, yeah. I'm not suggesting for one minute that that these are all just new, new people, and um, so you know, the club is in in some ways giving giving the opportunity to to, it, to people to to get to the game for free and losing money in some respects. Yeah, but I mean, and there's always the hope that of those thousand, a hundred of them will think, I've enjoyed this. Yeah, I'll absolutely. Come back, I'll come back yeah. again. I think I just got a text. I forgot to put it back on airplane mode. <laughs> <laughs> We're professional today, guys. Very professional today. Uh, and the other organisation that Talk you're in partnership with now, which also is great, is Andy's Man Club, uh-huh. which is an organisation which um, confronts the issue of male suicide. Yeah. Um, has done a lot of really good work, Newton Abbott-based uh, to begin with, but spread out all over the place. Massive good work being done by that organisation. And to have Talkie involved with them as well, again, is a, is, is a really good step, I think. Indeed. More involvement in the community, the better. Yeah. Yeah, it's everything's yeah everything off the pitch. Talky do things well at the moment, yeah. and and that's another example of it. Absolutely. The only other thing that I had scribbled down on any my agenda, any other questions, any other business, uh, it just popped up on the Twitter feed this morning. It's ten years to the day, and you wouldn't have been there because you no, were away. Because I had a bad. Oh no, <laughs> yeah, because I was that, in London. That Talky United beat Plymouth Argyle three one. Yeah, the, the, this game has gone down in folklore, and I, I, I can't even, can't even. 
remember it. Uh, I mean, I wasn't there for a start, but also I was, you know, 10 years ago, I probably would have been covering a game in Cambridgeshire working for the Hunts Post. Yeah. So I wouldn't have even been taking much notice of, of Torquay on that day. I was probably watching St Ives versus, I don't know, Northampton <laughs> Chenex or something. It was a great game. And it the, the detail, the highlights are there on YouTube. Unan O'Kane scores two great goals. The second one particularly. I have seen the goals, obviously. Since. And Danny Stevens gets one that is almost as good. Danny Stevens, the unsung hero of Talk United for yeah. about for about seven seasons. And actually, no one equates him with that length of time at the club. No. But he did play for us for quite a while. He did. And he, he was a good player. He scored a lot of goals. He was a good player. I always remember that Steve Evans, who was manager of Crawley at the time. Our favourite manager. Our favourite manager was forever trying to tempt Danny away from playing more. He really rated Danny I was going to say something then, but I better not. <laughs> Yeah, we. I mean, when you mention Steve Evans and his abominable sidekick, um, yeah, I don't. The, the, the man yeah. who will not be mentioned. Yeah, there are two, aren't there? There are two men who may not be mentioned yeah. on this podcast. One who took over Torquay United, and um, and nearly uh, killed the club. And the other one. Yeah. But uh, there you go. But yeah, it's there. <clears throat> if if you want, if, if you could, at a loose end, watch the highlights of that game on YouTube. It's terrific. Good stuff. And while we were talking about non-league teams then, briefly, there's a big game tomorrow night, Friday night at Brixham. There is, there is. The FA Vars game, Brixham AFC against Tavistock. Yeah, that's a massive game. Brixham are, are doing really well in the Peninsula League. They they haven't hit the top only because they've played a lot less games than the other yeah. clubs around them. And they did win their first 10 games, I think, before they hit a little bit of a a sticky patch but they're bounced back now and they're winning again and they're, they're playing obviously a team that is top of the Western League so the division yeah. that Buckland are in and uh, that's Tav a tough game didn't Tavistock pick up a Brixham player earlier this Josh season Josh Parry well, yeah well. he yeah. went there yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah and uh, I did a piece with, with Tim Porter the Brixham joint manager with Jason Couch um, for the Herald this week and, and he spoke about how, how they They've spoken to Stuart Henderson, the Tavistock manager, quite a lot because uh, they like the way that that club works and yeah. the ambition that that club has. I mean, Tavistock were in the um, the Peninsula League only a couple of yeah. seasons ago. Yeah. They're now top of the Western League. And, you know, should they win that division this year or, or you know, there, there might be more than one promotion place because of things that are happening sort of around the pyramid, mm -hmm. they could be playing Southern League football uh, this time be next amazing, year, which, which, you know, is, is a great progression and speaks volumes about how well Tavistock has been run as a club. Um, and I think Brixham look at that as a blueprint on how to do it. And Brixham obviously has a, a history, a former Brixham club, yeah. uh, before th these two amalgamated to become Brixham AFC. Um, has a history of Western League football. Won't it be yeah. back soon? Get back there. Yeah, forty years ago, Brixham yeah. United at Wall Park um, used to play in the Western League. Be nice to get back. Great, game. it'll be a great game under the there lights. There will be there will be a lot of people there as well. I yeah. I suggest there could be up to four hundred people at a, yeah. a, a game like that. Um, I might be wrong, but I I can't I, I can't see why not. No. On a Friday night, under the lights at Wall Park. The Brixham Steam casuals. Steam off the coffee. The Brixham casuals in full yeah. voice. Beer flowing. Oh, what, what's not to like about all that, eh? See you there. Yeah. And we will. We will see you there. Talking about. Buckland away. are also in the Vars, by the way, on on, on, on Saturday. Yeah. They play uh, Falmouth Town at Homer's Heath. 
So you oh, could you, you could, could do, do a double. double. Uh, Falmouth Town have won all thirteen of their games in the the Western Premier Division of the Peninsula League this season. Uh, so that could be an interesting one. Double header then. Yeah. Wrexham Friday night, Buckland Saturday afternoon. Yeah. And a trip up to Aldershot on Tuesday night. Oh. Football heaven. Marvellous, isn't it? We are oh, enduring <laughs> image. We bring you, we bring you goalposts f- for jumpers. Football heaven here on the Yellow Army podcast. Thanks very much for joining us. Sorry about the dog interruption halfway through. Uh, we loved it. Everyone He's loved only it. Doing his I, ju- I just hope it wasn't wasn't really loud. And, and anyone, who, uh, we know a couple of people, don't we, that sort of wait till bedtime, put their earphones on, yeah. and, and go to sleep with us. Um, Hayden, if you're listening, they take us to bed. <laughs> and. Um, yeah, the sudden moment of barking like that can can startle a startle a, a quiet quiet Sorry. night. Um, also, I think that, that, that when Gary's phone goes off in in the recording yeah, as well, yeah. that's quite loud because that made me jump <laughs> when I was listening to it earlier. It's the on. First time that's happened. I'm just glad it wasn't my phone that went off. No, no. Thanks for listening. This has been the uh, the original Yellow Army Talk United podcast. Uh, we will see you at Plainmore on the 27th. We Hopefully will. we'll have some points in the back. See you at Brixham on Friday, as long as see my back Bri- uh, lets me go. See you at Brixham. I'll take a hot water bottle. Yeah, well, I've, been ta- I've, I've got a heat patch on. <laughs> <if> that... <laughs> it's old age, mate. It creeps up on all of us. Thanks for listening. And as ever, come, come on, on, you yellows. yellows.